feel like my role is to be that blocker to remove all of that for them so that they can really be successful. And I think one of the good things that came out of the pandemic is the humanity it brought to our work lives and in our relationships. You got a really good glimpse into people's lives, their homes, their partners, their kids, or what have you. And it just brought a different level of humanity that really connected us beyond our day-to-day work that we had been living, you know, for decades, right? And I also like to say, connect the dots and get out of the way. And I learned this from one of my mentors. And this is something that I really like to live by. When you hire great people, you need to give them the room to use their superpowers. So this is something I like to really keep close and try to live by and lead by. Connect the dots, get out of the way. Welcome to How Women Inspire, where women lead, invest, and give. I'm your host, Julie Castro-Abrams, founder and CEO of How Women Lead and managing partner of the venture firm How Women Invest, feminist, social justice warrior, mother, friend of 50,000 plus badass women, and an expert at helping top executive women get on boards and break down barriers for women entrepreneurs, investors, and social impact activists. In this podcast, we interview women influencers and leaders from across the globe who are in the C-suite, founding companies, investing, and agents of change. We'll share stories of how women lead. We'll provide insights and data, tips you can put into action, and get to know the women who have fiercely and unabashedly stepped into their power in leadership and open doors for other women like you. We discuss topics ranging from the journey of getting a board seat, how we can counter cultural frameworks that change the way the world views women leaders, what we're doing to close the gender funding gap, and driving equity for women in all aspects of life and career. My goal is that after every episode, you walk away feeling inspired, unstoppable, ready to level up and step into your power and influence. I want to break down the cultural narratives that hold us back collectively and those messy messages you heard that are taking up way too much of your brain space. I want you to know you're invited in because I know that together we can change the culture, change opportunities, and create the future we want for our daughters and sisters and friends. This is our time. Are you in? Welcome to How Women Inspire. Today's guest is Salesforce's Chief Business Officer and the Chief of Staff to Mark Benioff. She is a force multiplier for the CEO, working with Salesforce's executive leadership team to define business priorities, set strategy, and drive operational excellence. Additionally, she is the CEO of the Salesforce Foundation, overseeing the company's global philanthropic strategy. Prior to Salesforce, she held executive roles at WAMU and Providian Financial, focused on technology, business, and operations. This woman leader is passionate about building the next generation of leaders and invest as much time as possible in mentoring others. She also extends her leadership as a board member of the Warriors Community Foundation. She's an advisory board member for pagerduty.org and former board member of Poshmark until its recent acquisition. 
Ebony Beckwith, it's an honor to have you as our guest. Thanks so much, Julie, for having me. Okay, Ebony, so let's get into the fun side of life. When you have a good day or a tough day, what is that song that you go to? I would say any song that my husband sings me. (laughs) He's always singing. (laughs) But I love Tori Kelly's Don't You Worry About a Thing. That's a really great song. Sure is. I think for all of us, that's such an uplifting one. So you've become one of the most powerful technology leaders in the country. I would love to just dive in a little bit on what are the leadership skills and maybe even the choices that you've made that have contributed to where you are today. There's nobody in this country and maybe in the whole world that you haven't somehow touched through your leadership, I imagine. Well, I certainly don't know about most powerful because there are so many women around this world that I'm so inspired by and doing just truly amazing life-saving work and some that I look to personally for mentoring and guidance, such as yourself, (laughs) reference our call just a few weeks ago. (laughs) But what I do know is that from a very early age, I wanted to be in a leadership role one day. Having that clear goal so early allowed me to be very intentional about every decision I made along the way. But while that goal was clear, my path certainly was not linear. I didn't go to college right away. I worked instead, and I went as far as I could go professionally without a degree until ultimately I decided to pursue a degree in computer science. And this was definitely a defining moment for me in my career. But Julie, I like to say that computer science is my business love language because it taught me so much more than actual, just actual computer science. It taught me valuable leadership skills. It taught me problem solving, collaboration, how to ask for help. It's also where I learned the art of storytelling. I'll add that joining Salesforce was another pivotal career choice that I made because before making that move, I'd been working in a different industry where I spent a lot of time trying to fit in with everyone else. And as you can imagine, that's so exhausting. It is. Yeah. And I, I feel like anyone listening can relate to that. I mean, I wore clear glasses, pulled my hair back in a bun. You know, I wore boxy business suits and I was a young woman trying to do this, making myself look older and project and fit in with the stereotypical, what I thought looked like in that industry. So I made the conscious decision to go to a company where I could bring and be my full self. And I think authenticity is such an important leadership quality, and it sometimes gets overlooked. And similar qualities like empathy and kindness, humility, these are qualities we often reserve for home, but these are essential qualities in the workplace. Oh my God. I am so happy to hear you say this. I don't know if you've read her book, The First of Few, The Many, or seen Deepa Parashathiman, but she has this great analysis. After 23 years of working at Deloitte, she got sick. And the cost to women to have to fit into that box, it affects your health. There's no way it can affect your productivity or how you show up. If you're constantly filtering who you are authentically with whatever you think you need to do or say to be in that environment. Absolutely. I could not agree more. Well, isn't that beautiful that you're able to find a place to work and really thrive? And clearly you have just shot up the ladder and have everybody's deep trust. Was there an aha moment for you with either in your life even that helped pave your path for you? 
Absolutely. And I, I definitely want to go back to what I mentioned before about knowing I wanted to be a leader or a boss, as I called it back then. I definitely, when I was young, well, eight year old have any boss. Leadership. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, yeah. And I certainly was that girl. Um, So I actually call this my Mary Tyler Moore moment. I used to love that show when she threw up that hat and she was circling around. Loved it. Because I would take the bus downtown to my mom's office after school every single day. And I remember loving everything about going into her office. I love the people, what they wore, their business suits, the briefcases. I love how they spoke to each other. I love the office supplies, the polycom, the furniture, everything. And I knew right then and there that I wanted to grow up and work in a big company in an office downtown. It was downtown San Francisco, <laughs> the skyscrapers. I mean, I can picture it right now. And that's exactly where I am today. <laughs> now we have the biggest So I think, I mean, thank you. I mean, it's just amazing that I feel like I manifested some of that. Oh, that's so beautiful. And what does that speak volumes for people who, you know, have daughters out there, you know, giving your daughters a view into that is so powerful. Yay, mom. Yes, my mom was critical. Also, her colleagues, her boss was really critical for that as well. He let me come into his office and would talk to me about it. So I really believe in the power of setting goals, writing them down. I have so many notebooks and sticky notes right here next to me and just visualizing them and really being intentional about how I pursue my goals. Well, and you said mentoring is one of your biggest priorities and clearly you're doing, you're giving back in the way people gave to you, your mom and your mom's boss, clearly trying to make sure other young women have that. You mentioned authenticity as part of one of, I would call it your superpower, but I would love to hear a little bit more about how you lead. Our organization is How Women Lead, How Women Give, How Women Invest, (laughs) How Women Inspires, this podcast. Let's talk about how you lead. I feel like I try to be a very empathetic leader. I really try to tune in with what my team and our employees are experiencing so I can have a better understanding of what they might need to hear or what obstacles I can help remove so they can thrive in in their roles. I feel like my role is to be that blocker to remove all of that for them so that they can really be successful. And I think one of the good things that came out of the pandemic is the humanity it brought to our work lives and in our relationships. You got a really good glimpse into people's lives, their homes, their partners, their kids, or what have you. And it just brought a different level of humanity that really connected us beyond our day-to-day work that we had been living, you know, for decades, right? And I also like to say, connect the dots and get out of the way. And I learned this from one of my mentors. And this is something that I really like to live by. When you hire great people, you need to give them the room to use their superpowers. So this is something I like to really keep close and try to live by and lead by. Connect the dots, get out of the way. Yeah, it's fantastic. Well, anyone who's working with you is very lucky. You are also super generous. You're on the board of the Warriors Foundation. You lead the foundation for Salesforce. 
How do you think about giving? How do you give yourself? Well, something I've always believed and Salesforce believes too is the need to go beyond the check. Sometimes when we think of giving, we think of monetarily. And I just don't think that that's the way this generation gives anymore. So giving money is great, but one of the most valuable gifts that you can give is the gift of your time listening, giving advice, making connections, opening the doors, actions like this really take your giving to the next level. And mentoring, as you mentioned, is where I give most of my time. And that's because I've been fortunate to have so many amazing mentors throughout my own career. And this is my way, my very small way of paying it forward. And I often say that my next job will be chief mentoring officer because I just love it. So if anyone is looking for a chief mentoring officer... Let me know. Or yeah. if you think add that to your me, long list of boards. <laughs> <laughs> or if you know, if you, if you think it's a great idea, make one in your company. I think mm. that mentoring is a really great way of keeping great talent around in your company. And I, I do something within Salesforce. I call it mentor moments. And, and it was a way to scale myself. And whenever I talk about mentoring, people will ask me to be their mentor. Yeah, and yeah. I used to be able to do one-on-one mentoring. And now I have this collective of mentoring that every other month we just get together as a big group. And I've been doing it for years now. And so I've seen people, we've seen people be promoted and they come and they bring, we bring our messes and our successes. And it's a confidential group. And I'm just amazed that we've been able to keep this group together for so long and support each other. And when people move on, they want to stay connected. So I do it every other month because one month I do it internally and the next month I do it externally. And so it's a really nice way that I'm able to just stay connected with people. And I, I just love it so much. Oh, so that's, that's how it goes. Mentoring 3.0. That's fantastic. You know, <laughs> you and I have a friend, her name is Mary Stutz and she wrote a book yes. called the mentor, right? And yes. She interviewed me for her book in like 2004. And one of the things we found is not enough women were mentoring. We don't have, women were saying they didn't have the time, but you clearly have prioritized this and figured out a way to manage the time constraint, right? So that's fantastic. You've heard me say it before. My goal is for you to run the world. And let me tell you why. It's not just because I think you're fabulous, badass, and you know that I do. It is actually protective for all of us. When you have diversity on a board, for example, product recalls happen three times faster. Companies perform better. It's better for people, it's better for profits, and it's better for the planet. We need you to join a corporate board and we need you to know when to advocate for it in your day job. October 16th through the 20th, How Women Lead is hosting our extremely successful fourth annual Get On Board Week. This week is full of virtual programming, content rich, but also connecting, connecting, connecting. And we know 85% of all board searches, they're word of mouth and through connections. We want to connect you with private equity firms that are seeking board members. We want to connect you with other women board members who've already done it, who are being tagged and can't take all the board seats that are coming their way. We will have board opportunities that we will share with you. Really, truly, this is our way to connect and propel you. This is one week, but what happens is people connect with people on LinkedIn or they create mastermind groups that they support each other all year long. I want you to step up 
and be part of the solution. My daughter needs you on the board. But I also want to inspire you to think about all the women around you where you can be the person who inspires her and says, I see you on a board. I think you should be on a board. Check it out. Come and explore. Invite 10 friends. Tell them that you believe in them. It's the greatest gift you can give. Somebody did it for you. And I want to encourage you to do it for another woman. I look forward to seeing you at Get On Board Week so we can get thousands of women on boards. This year, our focus beyond the private boards that we've always focused on, we're adding the private board space. It's time. Thanks for your partnership. Send the letter back down and help another woman get into action. I'll just add that selfishly, I mean, they think I'm helping them. Selfishly, they are helping me. It is the high point of my day. I end with a smile and just gratitude in my heart and just everything that they bring. It just is so amazing just to be with them for just a short period of time. It's just a, it's a, it's a productivity boost for me. If you're having a tough day and you feel like you're like, everything you do is hard. And then you go like, talk to like one word could like really help somebody. That's such a gift, right? That's right. Well, so like all of us, but especially you, you know, Evan, you are, you are a whole woman, you're a philanthropist, you're a leader, you're a partner, a life partner, but you also invest. Let's talk a little bit about how you use the power of your resources and how do you think about investing? I invest in a few different ways. I invest my time through mentoring and some of the other things we talked about by serving on a few nonprofit boards. I also get to help Salesforce make strategic grants and nonprofits that are closing gaps in education, economic opportunity, and climate. And many of these organizations are often on the front lines of social injustices and natural disasters. So it's really a great privilege to be able to use our business to help our communities and make change. Personally, I'm interested in investing in ventures founded and led by people of color. And as you know, Julie, Black entrepreneurs typically receive less than 2% of all VC dollars every year. And I'm working with people and organizations who want to help change that. I'm also an LP and operator collective, which has some amazing companies in its portfolio, like Guild Education, which helps companies reskill their employees for the future of work. Textio, an augmented writing platform that helps improve communication, and Amberflow, who just closed a $15 million Series A round to transform SaaS pricing with metered usage. And I just love working with these founders who are truly building our future. Well, but I think you what you have just said, though, is very instructive. I always say to people, like, invest along with your values. And that's we know from research that women are happier when they do that. So you literally said, I want to make sure Black founders, maybe Black women founders, I don't know if that's an emphasis for you, but Black founders get funded. And so that's fantastic as an example for all of us about how do you think about defining it. Let's talk a little bit about inspiration. I mean, you said earlier that your husband sings to you. and <laughs> I don't know if that's part of your inspiration, but I'd love to hear what, what inspires you and who inspires you. <laughs> Definitely my husband is one of those inspirations. In me. Yeah. He like makes, it's like, okay, life's good. He's singing. You know, but I was thinking just last night about how inspired I am by the fact that people haven't lost hope. There are so many things happening around us, natural disasters, like the earthquakes in Turkey and Syria, a war in Ukraine, school shootings. I mean, I could just go on and on with 
the crises. But despite these things, the human nature is not to give up. People are still raising their hand to volunteer or to give money. And in my job, (laughs) I literally get those emails, those slacks, those phone calls, those, those texts every single day when something happens. And it's just really heartwarming. And I also think about my mentors, Merlene Santil and Robin Washington, who run an organization called Black Women on Boards. You know them well as well. Their mission is to remove obstacles that Black female executives often face when pursuing board positions. They could have said, you know what? Among Fortune 500 companies, there's more than 5,000 board seats and Black women are in less than 3% of them. Oh, well, let's just forget about it. But instead, organizations like BWOB, organizations like yours, Julie, How Women Are Lead, are leaning in, they're doing the hard work, they're building a community of women who can change this. So, you know... People are terrified of what's going on around them every single day, but there's still hope. There are still really good people. And I was thinking about that last night and I was just like, that's what gives me hope that humans are still ready, willing, and able to make change. Thank you for sharing that and using that as a specific example. You know, to me, you are one of those people that I think a lot of us think about when we think about, you know, this is the first generation of us. It's women with 20, 30 years of work experience, power, influence, maybe a little bit of wealth. And if we all come together, we can change something. But when you think about it by yourself sitting in your house during COVID, it can feel so overwhelming. But you're one of those amazing leaders where, you're both strategic, but you also put your time and your money where your mouth is and you make things happen. And so I'm going to just put the mirror right back at you because you've been involved in these organizations and you've been such an important leader. You have to have people who want to be part of it if you're a leader and you show up. So thank you for that. If you want to think about sort of one piece of advice or wisdom that you would want people in this that are listening to this to really lean into and understand, what would that be? Well, I strive to be a leader who's always learning, taking new risks and trying new things. The leaders and the people I admire most are constantly iterating, constantly innovating and improving themselves. So I would say always be learning and remember it's about the journey, not the destination. That's fantastic. So what are your sights set on now? Like, what is your next new big challenge? (laughs) I think my next big challenge is looking for the next big challenge. (laughs) Yeah, I think that's... Chief mentoring officer, right? Yeah. Chief mentoring officer looking for, you know, you mentioned earlier in the bio, Poshmark just got acquired by Naver. So my board seat is up with them, looking for my next big board seat. And, and I want to learn new things. There's so many things coming up with AI and whatnot. So I'm I'm ready to learn again. I love learning. I love that moment when something is new and you're like, I'm never going to know this. And then you look up and you're like, wait, how did I master this? So I'm looking for that next thing that I can kind of, that meaty project that I can dive into. And so, I don't know yeah. what that is yet. Yeah. Well, if someone's listening to this and thinking about, oh, I have a board opportunity that might be interesting to consider. What what would you define as your superpower or like thing that you lead with? Or what did you do on that Poshmark board seat where you're like, that's what I can do for you? Well, Manish is the CEO of Poshmark and 
<laughs> you know, when we were talking about what I was going to do on the board, I thought he was going to put me into an easy committee because I was a new board member. I was new. I didn't know what I didn't know. And I went into the NOMDEV committee and one day I got a call and he said, Ebony, do you want to be on the audit committee? And I thought he <laughs> thought I was going to be afraid. And I was like, yes, please put me on the audit committee. And then of course we ended up selling the company. It was the I learned so much. And he put me into my strike zone. So if you have any hard things you want me to dive yeah, into, like, I'll do it, but I'll do it. I love, I love that stuff. But I think you asked about superpowers. My superpower is bringing out superpowers in others. Yeah. And, and hence my love of mentoring. Right. So I just, I love what I get to do every single day. I get to do a little bit of everything and, <laughs> and work well, with everybody like you said, the who. Yeah. Well, anyone who's listening to this, I mean, you're just, you're one of those iconic leaders that everybody, like, that's the way to lead. You lead with humility and respect for other people and trying to create environments where people can thrive. It's gorgeous. It's so wonderful. And you are special and unique in that way. I'm certain. I'm certain you know that. Well, okay. We were just talking about your first board seat and you were like, didn't know what you didn't know, but you did know enough to get that first board seat. Like if somebody (laughs) else wants to sort of on that journey, what is your tip for getting that first board opportunity? Did you learn anything from that process? I did. Thanks to, I mean, I spent a lot of time with you in that first journey to get a board seat and how women lead. I went to a lot of seminars and developing my board bio, figuring out what things were. <laughs> what is a board bio? Do I need one? How is that different from a resume? <laughs> so I think in the initial phases, am I even ready for a board seat? Does my company allow me to have a- So there are a lot of things I needed to know up front and that in those initial phases, but My biggest tip is to really spend time articulating your value. Why does the board, this board need you? Why does a board need you? What unique superpowers or skills do you have that will help this company get to where it really wants to be? And also like know what you're looking for. There are so many different types of companies at various different stages with different needs. I wasn't very aware of that and how my skills fit those unique gaps in different types of companies. But spend time getting crystal clear on what types of companies you want to join because you might not be a good skill fit for every single company. And and as far as what I wish I knew ahead of time, I think it's helpful to set your expectations early in that process. It can be long and there are going to be wins and losses. There'll be moments with lots of activity and sometimes long stretches with a lot of silence or waiting and that's okay. And I really did learn a lot from my network into, and they really helped me keep my patience, keep my wits about me. It started with a few emails to people like you and my mentors, but then it went deep and I had to cash in some of my favorite coupons and make some asks of some very senior people. But, you know, you know me, I I always believe in the value of my network, but it's moments like this where you really want to understand the power of building and maintaining those relationships. And my pro tip is to be sure to send thank you notes to every single person you meet. That's something that my mom taught me and they really went a long way. Ebony, where can people find you if they want to offer a board opportunity or otherwise connect with you? That's a really great reach to Julie. They can find me on LinkedIn or Twitter at Ebony Beckwith. Excellent. And with that, I want to thank you all for listening to today's episode of How Women Inspire. And because your inspiration should not stop when this podcast ends, 
head over to our website, howwomenlead.com. Follow us on LinkedIn at How Women Lead and subscribe or follow on your favorite podcast app to find out how you can proactively take charge and step into your power through our workshops and activism in our loving network. We want to propel you. See you next time, ladies. And remember to be unabashedly visible.